It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Today is the Feast of Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the Archangels. This is September 29th, Thursday, 2022, and it is episode 14 of season two, because we like to count things. <laughs> so uh, for what it's worth, it's our 14th episode. We are doing our episodes daily, all the weekdays now, and it's been a lot of fun. I, for one, look forward to hearing my friend Stacy talk about the scriptures because she is just lovely. Yeah. And um, she's going to get to that in just a minute. Today, we do want to focus on what is an archangel. Um mm-hmm. You may already know, but it's always good to hear it again. Um, We talk about three archangels in the Bible, but the church actually, uh, some theologians opine, so it's not a defined teaching, but that there are as many as seven, and it all comes from reading scripture. Um, Mm -hmm. And after Stacy goes through this praise and goes through the scripture, I want to dive into that teaching a little bit about what is the angelic hierarchy in general. Um, and then what, where did the archangels fit into this hierarchy? We talked about guardian angels the other day and talked about demons. Um, but it's really cool that there is an angelic hierarchy. That's a big word. (laughs) Thanksgiving's coming up. We need to stock up on our fancy words so we can impress everybody. The angelic hierarchy, where do the archangels fit into that? All right. Prayer and scripture over to you, my friend. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. You are so good to us. We love you and we thank you for watching out for us and protecting us. And once again, Lord, we ask that you um, open the eyes of our understanding, that we may comprehend your scriptures. We ask that you give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right. And always, always, I encourage you to grab your Bible and spend some time with the Lord today. So, yes, like Stacy said, it is the feast day of Saints Michael, Gabriel and Raphael. And I am so excited. We we talked about angels the other day and I loved it. So I'm going to jump into this real quick so we can let Stacy tell us a more about angels. Um, the daily reading today, the psalm, the alleluia, the gospel, all mentioned angels. So um, I actually, when I read the alleluia, it said, bless the Lord, all you angels, you ministers who do his will. That jumped out at me. And uh, it's referenced Psalm 103. So I went there. And I just wanted to encourage you that you can start with the daily readings from the usccb.org. You can start with with them, but wherever you get your daily readings or 
wherever it leads you. It's so fluid. I mean, you can go in a million different directions. You can start there, but the key is to just follow the Lord and let him lead you where he wants to take you. So I went over to Psalm 103 and several of the scriptures jumped out at me. So I thought we would just kind of talk about those. Um, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, my entire being, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. I love that. I mean, I want to bless the Lord with everything that I am, my whole being. And these scriptures kind of became a prayer for me as I was reading. I stopped and it made me want to thank him for everything that he's done for me. And one thing kind of came to me while I was praying. I thought so many times we or me, I thank him for things, you know, like my house and my family and my husband, of course, all all the things that, that he's given me. And sometimes I thank him for my job. And, and as I was actually going through everything, I just felt a sweet reassurance that my job is not my provider, that <laughs> he is my provider. And if anything happens to my job, losing my job doesn't mean that I lose my provider. And it was just, uh, you know, he knows what I have need of before I even ask him. And losing my job wouldn't even be a shock to him because like we always say, he knows the end from the beginning. And I know right. I say that a lot, but it it gives me, it gives me, um, a piece to know that yeah, God yeah. already knows what's going to happen before it happens. So it's actually, I've seen this plaque that has a little saying on it and you may have heard this before, but when I was a director of marketing and sales at a senior living community, I actually had this plaque in my office and I was, um, I had been visiting with a sweet lady that was going to be moving into our community and we'd had lots of communications. I had actually gone to her house and visited with her and she'd come in and talk to me. And through our talks, she said something about how, you know, it's such a hard decision, which is so understandable, but she was so worried about making the wrong decision. And she she was asking me, how do I plan for tomorrow? I don't know what tomorrow holds. And when she said that, I immediately thought about this plaque and I ordered her one and had it sent to her. But it says, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. You know, we don't even, we're not even guaranteed tomorrow. We don't, we can't count on tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to have one. But we can count on the one that holds our tomorrow. And I thought this was just a good reminder as so many of us have struggled with um, losing and finding jobs right now. And so many companies have staffing challenges and just, you know, with whatever challenges, just trust on the trust in the one who holds your tomorrow. So it goes on to say he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases he redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with kindness and mercy. He satisfies your years with good things and renews your youth like an eagle's. Oh, I mean, this is like so much to thank him for. I was just enjoying reading this because I was praying as I was going along. And I mean, thank you, Lord. It's like he was giving me an outline of and helping me pray, helping me to, you know, prompting me as to what to pray. And I began to thank him for the things that he's given me. And I won't share all with you, but I actually got teary eyed when I was thanking him for the things he had forgiven me for. Aww. And 
You know, I will tell you that I am that woman who has been forgiven much. <laughs> That's me. Same. So I am so thankful for his forgiveness and his mercy and his love. And and I know I say it a lot, but I am so thankful that he looks at me and he loves me in spite of me. He sees me in all my ig. <laughs> he sees me in all, I mean... No makeup, all the way to the core, keeps me through and through. And he's like, man, I still love that girl. I love that. Um, you can turn almost any scripture into a prayer and just uh, thank him for, like, for example, this one. Thank him for your healing or thank you for healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing me from, and you can fill in that blank. Thank you, Lord, for saving me from my past and my past, da 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 da, da blank, blank, blank. Mine has many blanks, but. Fill in the blanks and thank him. Again, he's given us an outline to use. So we skip down several verses and it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in kindness. I love that. He yes. is slow to anger and abounding in kindness. You know, we always say it's the goodness and the kindness that draws all men to God. And he's slow to anger. He will not always rebuke, nor will he remain angry forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's what I was just saying. He looks at me and he's like, I love you in spite of everything. I love you. No matter what, I love you. You can't do enough to make me not love you. <laughs> or repay us according to our offenses. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far. Has he removed our transgressions from us? Hallelujah. I tell you what, that just makes me want to shout. Okay, so the Bible tells us there is none perfect, no, not one. And there's that means that no one can really read this passage of scripture and not want to shout like I did. Shout hallelujah, praise <laughs> the Lord. That's okay. When you're at home by yourself, it's okay. Start shouting. It's all right to do that. Try it. Yeah. Yes, let it let it, it rip. Right. Thank you, God. <laughs> yes, hallelujah. <laughs> For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we're only dust. <sighs> we're only dust. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. He is so merciful, knowing that we're just us. He knows our limitations. He knows us to our very core. He loves us in spite of us. That just kept playing over and over. Another shout of hallelujah. And then it goes on. Bless the Lord, O you angels, you mighty in strength who do his bidding, who obey his spoken word. Bless the Lord, Oh, you, his hosts, his ministers who will do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works. The angels do what God tells them to do. It says who obey his spoken word. They obey him when he speaks to them and they are his ministers to do his will. And what do you think God is telling them to do? Well, like we said earlier in the week, he gives his angels command to protect you. In Psalms 91, it says, for he will command his angels about you to guard you wherever you go. They will lift you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. <laughs> like we're little that. kids. <laughs> they what? They're like we're little kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. Grab her, grab her. <laughs> grab her, she's about to hit her knee. <laughs> oh, well, I just encourage you to take a moment and read Psalm 103 and Psalm 91. 
And I believe they'll both bless you today and give you a hallelujah jumping and shouting moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love the scriptures and I love that we can jump into them. And I love reading along with the church. And we do hope that that you'll make a habit if you're listening today. You'll make a habit of listening in with us every morning um, and even contacting us through Facebook or our website. We have an email address there mm -hmm. and just let us know what's on your mind. And we're, we're um, working on holding more retreats so that we can uh, have days to get together. We're working on one where we're going to ride horses. Oh, yeah. We got a that's a, that's like an idea on our shelf um, that we're <laughs> trying to get to. Um this day is specifically about archangels. There's my granddaughter. <laughs> so that's just real life. We are recording and yep. I have a granddaughter walking around. Hi, Evelyn. Um, so she's just staring at me. <laughs> but the archangels, um, Evelyn's going to get a, a lesson on archangels today because that's one of those things. It's another uh, one of those things. I don't think you really know if you're not Catholic. Um, you might hear the word archangel because it's in the Bible. You might hear it if you're Protestant um, or you, if you're not religious at all. You might hear people talk about archangels. It just sounds like a really high angel. And it is. It is. It is a powerful angel, more powerful than just a regular angel. <laughs> but. Right. But what does that mean? And I, I think it's beautiful to dive into these teachings, not because it's just having information, but I think it changes the way you walk through your life of faith. You realize with, with the angels, especially, and also with the saints and Mary and Jesus and, and the Eucharist and all the sacraments. But as it regards the angels, we're so not alone. Like mm -hmm. if you ever feel if you're ever alone and you feel like you're not alone, there's somebody with you. There are angels with you and they, they fit the definition of person because they're an individual substance of a rational nature. They have They are rational, just like we have a rational soul. They're, they're pure spirit, pure mind, all intellect and will. They're no, there's no body there, but they're with us anyway. We just can't see them and we can't feel them. Um, but they're there. They're there right now. And so what does it mean that there's a hierarchy of angels? Well, there's a hierarchy of angels, just like we see there's a hierarchy of everything else, like Catholics and hierarchy. They're like buddies, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's so much order, but it makes sense. Think about, so in the, in the church, there's hierarchy, right? There's the Pope and then there's cardinals and there's archbishops and bishops and, and primates and patriarchs and, and there, there is an order. There is an order in the home. The father is the head of the household. The man is the head of the household. And um, the woman is the neck. <laughs> and, yes. and, but but we, are, we are submissive in that way to our husbands. We need to not take over um, and, and let them be the men. Another episode, another topic. But there, there's a hierarchy in creation, too. I mean, not all animals are created the same. Even among the animals, there's a hierarchy. And among people in societies, there's hierarchy. So this is a God thing. God created the universe to be this way. And so it stands to reason that there's also a hierarchy in the angelic order. 
archangels, where do they fit in? Well, this comes from St. Thomas Aquinas, and we put a link in our show notes to an EWTN article on the angelic hierarchy. And they, whoever wrote it, is taking it from the Summa Theologia, written by St. Thomas Aquinas. And you'll find that treatise on the angels. I like saying that, treatise. <laughs> on the angels in the um, first part. So it's um, questions around question 50. It starts, I believe. So what is the angelic hierarchy and how does St. Thomas Aquinas break that down? So he, he proposes it. Um, this is accepted theology in the church um, and the, the proofs of it for him come from scripture. Uh, and he delineates all that in the Summa. So I'm just going to cover this part, the hierarchy. There are three levels of the hierarchy. There are the seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. So we, we talk about the seraphim and cherubim in those Christmas songs, right? Mm -hmm. The seraphim, cherubim, and thrones are the highest. And in this level, those angels have the superior knowledge. They have a universal knowledge of the truth, more universal than the inferior angels. This uni universal knowledge um, means that they they first proceed from God as the universal principle. They have um, they are connected. What does that mean? That means they are connected immediately with God. They are um, the ones real, you can picture God on His throne. They're the ones right there, closest to God, and they stay there. So they don't come down um, to. They're they're in the high, high, highest tiers. They don't come down to us to our level they stay right there with god praising him for all eternity the second division then down is the dominions the virtues and the powers these are angels dominions virtues and powers and what what these mean um the second hierarchy the divine ideas the church says begins to be multiplied so as to have effect in the created universe. So their knowledge is more specific, more suited to material reality. They're kind of watching all of us doing our stuff. I, I, I imagine they're laughing sometimes, but, <laughs> but um, they, they have more knowledge of secondary causation. So they're not right there at the foot of God, but they're still high in they're high in heaven what, for whatever exactly that means. We're not sure, but they're, they're higher. The lowest hierarchy, though, are the principalities, the archangels, and the angels. So you see the archangels, as powerful as we think they are, they're really just above the lowest tier. They're in the lowest, um, they're in the lowest realm, that, that third lowest one. So we said there's nine, nine levels. Um, they're grouped in threes. The seraphim, cherubim, and thrones are the top. Dominions, virtues, and powers are the next one down. And then the lowest one is the principalities, archangels, and angels. Mm -hmm. So archangels are found there. Now, what are archangels? Well, they're they're super angels. They're, they <laughs> know more than people do. They, they know more than angels do. So in the lowest realm, the angels, just the angels, the regular angels, <laughs> that's where our guardian angels are found. So the archangels... Where, where guardian angels are assigned to people, like you have your guardian angel, I have mine, and those poor soul, those poor spirits have to follow us around all our life and put up mm -hmm. with what we're doing. 
the archangels would be over nations. St. Michael is there. St. Gabriel is there. St. Raphael is there. St. Michael is mentioned in the Bible in Daniel and in Jude when he's talking about how his angels, his he's over a bunch of angels. So he's got his army of angels. They battled against the dragon and, and they the dragon fought by, back and the angels fought back with the dragon. Michael is he Hebrew for who is like God. Mm. So that's St. Michael. That's why we always see him fighting the dragons, fighting the demons. Angel Gabriel was the messenger in the sixth month um, of Mary's pregnancy. He went to Joseph and told Joseph about what was going to happen with Mary. And of course, he went to Mary in the very beginning and told her she was going to bear a child. And so Gabriel is Hebrew for man of God, strength of God. Um, and he was a messenger. The other one we know from the Bible is Raphael. Now, you don't know this one if you're Protestant, because I don't think Protestants read Tobit. Mm -mm. Did you know that one, Stacey? No. Uh -uh. Mm -mm. So Raphael is mentioned in Tobit and it's Hebrew for God heals, heals, H-E-A-L-S. Mm -hmm. um, but in Tobit, it says... I am Raphael, one of the seven angels who enter and serve before the glory of God. So the archangel, that, that's why St. Thomas says there might be seven archangels, because he thinks Tobit's talking about the other ones, um, mm -hmm. one of the seven. But um, what Tobit does, it's a whole story. Tobit is, is a whole story where this archangel, Raphael, accompanies Tobit throughout his life. Um, but the the church fathers and theologians have studied these angels um, throughout history. They tell us that archangels bear the greatest messages um, of God to man. And the reason that is, is because these angels can transmit information. So the archangels are the chief messengers ruling over the lesser messengers of the angels and the guardian angels as their chiefs. So they're the leaders. I love thinking about this because we're coming up on Christmas, you know, in a few months, we're getting ready to enter that season. And we'll talk more about the seraphim and the cherubim and the principalities and the dominions, because those are mentioned in some of the Christmas stories and the songs. Um, but think of it like this. The, those angels are closest to God. The next realm is a little closer between God and creation. And then the the lower angels are, are dealing with us. God bless them. But, <laughs> I said the other day when we were talking about angels that angels are created in the instant with all of their, with their intellect, with their created knowing all that God wants them to know. But it's kind of confusing. Angels can illumine or enlighten each other. And, and that means even though the angels were created in an instant to know all they're going to know, they still didn't know what we were going to do, you know, so that the lower ones are interacting more with creation they didn't know, you, you know, when your archangel was created, Stacy, he, he or she, did, you know, I don't think they have a gender, but th that archangel didn't know what Stacy was going to do in 2022. So it's kind of, they're kind of watching it unfold as we make our choices, but they can communicate from each other. So the highest angels at the top of the hierarchy, right at the throne of God, they can communicate about God's will as creation unfolds down to the lower angels. And so they don't communicate in time like we do. They don't use the internet or telephones. They just, they, they convey in an instant what is needed to know. So what that means is if you're, if you're having trouble in daily life, figuring out what you're supposed to do, you have your guardian angel 
We have angels over the nations. We, we have a way to ask those angels to help illuminate our minds so that we are filled with grace and that we can understand what God wants us to do because they have a direct hierarchy all the way up to God. Now, we also can pray to Mary and ask her to intercede for us and, and, and send grace, you know, as the grace of Christ through her to us. We can do that. We can pray directly to Christ. Like Catholics don't deny that. It's just we have all these other helpers. We can pray directly to Christ. Before Christ came, the angels were thought of, and you see this a lot in the Old Testament, the angels um, were the mediators between God and us. The angels are coming like in Tobit. That angel was was guiding Tobit through his life. Gabriel came and gave Mary the message for God. St. Michael fights on behalf of God. So they were the mediators. After Christ came and instituted the church and instituted the sacraments and we have direct access to Christ, we can go kneel before the Lord of the universe at the Holy Eucharist. We can go to wherever the, the Eucharist is being adored and, and exposed in holy adoration. We can be right there physically with the Lord of the universe. And so some of the theologians over time thought that the angels didn't really have a role anymore, but that's not true. Um, they, they decided, St. Thomas Aquinas argues, even though the angels don't need to play mediator between us and God anymore, they're still there as ministers. And you said that word when you were doing the readings today, Stacey. Mm -hmm. There are ministers. They're there to help us. Um, and so it, it's just abundant how much help God offers us. We can we can pray to the saints and ask them to intercede on our behalf. We can pray to Mary. We can pray directly to Jesus. Um we, we, we can talk to Christ ourselves in prayer. We can be with Christ in the Eucharist, but also understand that we have this choir of angels, um, our own guardian angel, the archangels, and all the way up the line to the angels that just sit at the throne of God and adore him for all eternity. We, we, we have a way to stay connected like that. So there is this rich spiritual realm that we probably don't think about when we're trying to buy mayonnaise at the grocery store, mm -hmm. um, but it's there nonetheless. And so when you just kind of think about that, I think you feel a lot less alone, um, especially at the moment of death. Um, some of the ancient church writers talk about how at the, especially for martyrs who are, who die in the name of Christ, those martyrs are escorted by these angels through this hierarchy right to the throne of Christ. Like they, they don't go through purgatory. They are escorted. You hear the martyrs sometimes saying that they see the choir of angels. Um, and the early church writers thought that um, at our moment of death, that we, that those, those holy, holy people who die in a state of grace, they're escorted through this beautiful illuminated hierarchy of these spiritual beings right to Christ. And so that to me, that, that makes me fear death a lot less. It makes me think even if I am suffering great bodily suffering or even mental torment for regrets and, and pains, emotional pains during life. Um, it's like as easy as our death can be on this earth, thinking about how glorious it can be on the other side gives me a lot of peace. There's a story in Second Kings that talks about uh, Elisha's servant got up one morning and went out and he sees this 
army surrounding them and it, it scared him and he came back in and he's like, oh, what are we going to do? And Elisha answered and said, do not be afraid. There are more with us than with them. And Elisha prayed and asked that the Lord would open um, the young man's eyes. And he did. And when he looked again, he saw the hill was covered with horses and chariots and fires all around. And so I love that verse that says there are more with us than are with them. Yeah, that, that's I mean, we even talked about that with the breastplate of St. Patrick um, yesterday. Patrick was praying that invocation of the heavenly armies because he was surrounded. He was about to be ambushed. Yeah. And Evelyn's here. OK, sweet Evelyn. <laughs> I'm Stacy. And I'm Stacey Trisenkos here with Evelyn. Say bye. <laughs> Say bye. Bye-bye. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy and Stacy.site for more information. <laughs>